Hello and welcome to The History Pod. I'm Lindsay and I'm your host. In this episode, we're going to continue talking about people from the American Revolutionary War. However, we're talking about some people that we often forget about or are ignored. The women. We're used to talking about women's traditional roles. Maids doing laundry, bringing water, and being a seamstress. These were all jobs that women did during the Revolutionary War. They also kept their household running. Back then, it was extremely easy to spot a woman. They wore long dresses, often over petticoats. They wore hats or a bonnet on their head. Many women that helped during the Revolutionary War used false names, though, to protect their identity. This means that today we have limited knowledge and information about who and how they truly participated in the Revolutionary War. One way that women participated was they followed soldiers to either keep their families together or because they were otherwise unable to support themselves. Keep in mind, back then, women did household chores, and so running a store or farming was not something that they necessarily had knowledge about doing. Some women also took it upon themselves to dress up as men and fight. The main woman who did this was Deborah Sampson. Sampson was originally from Massachusetts, and she fought for the Continental Army. Sampson was almost found out when she was wounded during battle. However, she ended up leaving what was known as the hospital tent under the cover of dark, and she ended up removing the bullets herself. Her identity was secret until the summer of 1783. She had developed a fever while serving, and when she was receiving treatment for it, she was found out. Sampson was honorably discharged from the army after the signing of the Treaty of Paris in 1783. She later became a public speaker and talked about her service and what she did during the war. Another way women served was as spies. Being a spy was an easy role for a woman because no one would suspect them. Women were seen as weak and were often ignored by men. Being a spy came with huge risks and punishment if they were found out. This kept men from wanting to spy. Since women were frequently ignored and seen as servants, they were able to fill the role unsuspectingly. One famous spy was Lydia Dara. She worked for the Patriots. The Dara family did not participate in the war. They were Quakers, so they were pacifists or people who did not believe in warfare and harming others. The Dara residence was used by General Howe of the British Army. You see, his official residence and headquarters was across the street. He wanted to expand it, so Lydia offered them her house. This offering was done on purpose. She wanted to find a way to help the Continental Army, but remain a pacifist. Lydia would listen to their conversations when she said she was going to bed. So Lydia would say, hey, I'm leaving, and then she'd like wait outside the door to listen to their conversations. Another spy was Hannah Blair. She served as a nurse, but ultimately her background was that she was a Quaker from North Carolina. She had the ability to help hide Patriot soldiers on her farm. However, the British found out and burned down her farm. While Hannah 
Hannah Blair lost her farm after the war, Congress granted her a small pension or money for her services. Other than this information, all other information about Hannah Blair is unknown. It's almost like she vanished. Someone that you might have heard about before is Abigail Adams. She and other women influenced their husband's decisions in government. Abigail was known for writing to her husband, John Adams, a future president of the United States. She would write to him, encouraging him to always consider women when writing laws and the creation of the government. She warned him that if women were forgotten, they would eventually revolt, just like the colonists were doing against the British. Abigail was often an advisor to her husband, giving him insight and her thoughts on different matters. Phyllis Wheatley was an enslaved African living in Boston. She wrote poetry and is credited with being one of the first published women ever in American history. The themes of her poems focused on patriotism. Wheatley was freed in 1778 when her master died. Then we have Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross is another Quaker. She was sent to be an apprentice at an upholsterer. So she was sent to learn how to sew fabric onto chairs and other furniture. She met her husband, who was another apprentice at the time. John Ross was not a Quaker, so Betsy was actually cut off by her family. So this meant she did not receive any money or anything else from them, and they also kind of stopped communicating. Unfortunately, John Ross died during the war, and Betsy started to pick up on some of her old Quaker ways. Betsy Ross is credited with sewing the first American flag, and she was only 24 years old when she did it. The 13 horizontal stripes and 13 stars represented the 13 colonies. Today, the 13 stripes still represent the 13 colonies, but we have 50 stars for the 50 states. Now, here's some women again, that you might have heard about, but we also tend to forget. Mary Ball Washington is one that is often forgotten. However, she's pretty important. She's George Washington's mom, after all. While much is still unknown about her, she was widowed and raised um, five children all by herself. She taught the first president of the United States to think things through and to be honorable over everything else. He took a lot of the life lessons that his mom taught him and used that to help guide him in his decision-making while he was president. Then we have Martha Curtis Washington, and she was the wife of George Washington. She made sure that the men were fed at Mount Vernon. Another thing she did was to make sure that women were making connections, and she created a sewing circle. Mrs. Washington was also known for providing comfort and care to the soldiers. Lucy Knox was a friend of the Washingtons. She was born to a loyalist family, but ended up leaving them to marry General Knox, her childhood love. Even though they didn't have much as far as money went, Lady Knox, as Lucy was known, would always share their food with the soldiers. She and Mrs. Washington became good friends and were often seen side by side caring for soldiers. Mercy Otis Warren is known as the first female playwright. She did not just write plays, but she often wrote down her own political views. Something that Mercy Warren did that was different from others was argue that girls deserved an equal education to boys and wanted schools established specifically for girls. 
What made this truly unique was that she argued that class status should be ignored and that all women deserved equal rights. So regardless of if you were a merchant's daughter, a slave, if you were a fisherman's daughter, if you were a farmer's daughter, it did not matter. What mattered was that you were a woman and you deserved equal rights. Now, we also have Margaret Berry. Historically, she is known as Kate. Kate served as a scout in South Carolina. She was able to warn the Continental Army of the British's whereabouts. Kate's knowledge was crucial to the Continental Army winning the Battle of Cowpens, which was a turning point in South Carolina. Now, all of the women that I've talked about previously have helped the Continental Army. However, some also helped the British Army. One of those ladies was Anne Bates. She was a school teacher in Pennsylvania. She counted the supplies the Continental Army had and turned the information over to the Redcoats. Obviously, everyone had their own reasons for doing what they did, and we have very limited information on most of these women, even the ones that played a huge part in some of our founding fathers' lives. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The History Pod. Remember, you can always email me to continue the discussion or send request at thehistorypod at gmail.com. Again, it's thehistorypod at gmail.com. Have a good one.